0: Christmas is coming. I feel like there's so much pressure on everybody to spend so much, to show up with the biggest gifts, to get everyone a ton of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think people need to change that mindset. Like everything around you is gonna be like consumer, consumer, consume, consume, consume. But think a little bit more frugal. Maybe even like chat with your friends and be like, maybe we drop the gift budget a little bit or we don't go so crazy this year. Shop sales. Like right now I'm doing for the first time ever, I'm shopping early. Black Friday's right now. If you can get out there like right now, I'll get off this podcast and go shop or while you're listening to this podcast, Get online and and do some shopping and get it done while the sales are on. uh.
1: Welcome to the Master Keys uh. Podcast. I'm Chandler Halliburton. I'm Neil Andrino. We have no idea what episode this is, but we are coming up on the, you know, 48? Okay, wow. Episode 48 of our second season here. We just want to say here off the top, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, More and more people are tuning in every single episode, which is phenomenal. It makes us feel good, but it also, uh, you know, just invigorates us because we did start this community to effectively help you guys um, put out information that we hope is valuable. As always, like, if you do get value. Please, you know, like and comment and, and continue to engage because it keeps us motivated.
0: If you can share it, that'd be awesome. And we, we were trying totally, to say yeah. we love you guys. We honestly do. Uh, it's awesome. A bunch of you guys came up to me. Again, I was out this weekend. I was seeing a Chandler on the way in today that a bunch of you guys came up and said hi or said you listen, which is bomb. Um, and again, we just, we want to make sure that we're getting across what we're trying to do, which is make this helpful for you. I think we might have lost that a little bit in some of our episodes. And so we're trying to hone back in and making sure that there's a value for you guys. So let us know what you want to hear. Yeah. Because, uh, we're, again, we're really trying to make this actually something that's valuable because we've both been in that startup point. Where we didn't necessarily have a resource, and now I hear a lot of people saying they they go to the internet to try and find something to help them, and we want to be one of those sources. Yeah,
1: and having said that, you know, just for people who are maybe stumbling across this for their first time, we are real estate investors and we're real estate agents. Like that is our bread and butter. Uh, we are not uh, financial planners, uh, and we're not even we're not coaches or. or mentors or anything like that in any sort of organized fashion. What we are uh, is just two people who have about 200, just over 200 units of, of income properties. And we've sold collaboratively, how many millions of dollars worth of real estate? Four or 500 million now. $500 million worth of real yep. estate, I think, for our team. Um, so, you know, what we try to come with is our experience, what's worked for us, what hasn't worked for us, and share that with you guys to hope that you can make some inroads in whatever market you are, Um, because oftentimes we see content out there and it's really specific to niche markets or these harebrained ideas and and we're trying to you know, provide actual practical information that you can hopefully apply to your market. We're here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. That's where we do the bulk of our business, uh, as well as some secondary markets. We know you guys are all over the country, and and some people down in the states even as well listening. So, uh, we hope that you're getting some stuff out of this beyond just entertainment and some high level news stuff, uh, but also some takeaways.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we need this to work. Like, I'm, what else am I going to do? Become a hair loss model? Uh, yeah. I mean, you I could, could be like you a you'd before be the, after. I could be the before guy. You're the
1: before guy for sure, yeah. for sure. <laughs> um. So again, you know, appreciate you guys coming on. The journey, and we got a few things we're going to talk about today. We're actually going to have a guest segment for the second part, uh, that's going to be on the tenant side of things. We've done a lot of things on the landlord perspective, uh, but these tenants. Uh rented a place virtually, you know, yep. um, remotely, and uh, it's it's pretty wild. We're going to include some video of their experience, and, and we're going to talk to them about what it was like, because I think it's important to see both sides of the spectrum. There's some pretty um,
0: crazy stuff with some maggots and some rats, so you're going to want to hear it. It's uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to chat with them and, and kind of hear the whole story, because, again, usually we talk just landlord side. Uh, so this will be an interesting an interesting topic. And also for today, as a, as a whole, before we bring on the guest, uh, we're going to try and make, again, our topics more focused on trying to help you guys out right now because it's inflationary, is crazy out there, and it is like... I'm sure all of you are feeling it now. It, it, before, everyone talked about it and saw the numbers. Now you just know when you go to the grocery store, you're like, holy crap, strawberries are $14.99. Holy crap, this was $6.99 last time, now it's $8.99. Like, you're really feeling it. Um, yeah. And so we're going to try and talk about some things that we're doing and what we're thinking you could do if you have extra money around and what you can do uh, to hopefully save in, in today's Yeah, and, right and I think
1: some of you guys have been with us for a long journey. And you guys might remember the time where Neil was talking about how there was no bananas at the grocery store and how... It was a little early to the punch. No, no, but you're bang on because like the idea behind that is that, well, bananas are going to be really expensive when they do arrive. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about this and, and that reality is now really setting in and uh, we don't want to be fear mongers. I am a little bit concerned about... Um, what the economy is going to be like for the next six months. And there's another cool takeaway that that, uh, when you talked about your business building experience um, and you specifically targeted businesses that were going to be recession resistant. And I think that's really interesting right now um, because we are heading into some sort of slowdown. Whether or not you want to call it a recession depends on your definition of what a recession is. I think um, we are going to see uh, a level of of recession. um, It has begun. it, It has begun. It's coming in. So what does that mean for us? As investors, right? Like we're all in this community. We're trying to figure out how to uh, make our way through this. And a lot of the times, it's like, where are we going to allot our energy and, and, and our capital um, while we still have it? Or should we just be hoarding it in? And we're going to talk a little bit about your boy, uh, Jeffrey B., Jeff Bezos. Is he my boy? I thought Elon was my boy. You got a lot of boys. I got some um, boys. You're a little bro-y. Um, <laughs> um, Shout out to all the there. And he, he kind of came out and said, um, well, what did he say?
0: Jeff which I'm sure he's not actually impl- like doing this himself, but he said, stop spending. He said, people need to start thinking a little smarter. And if you're trying to purchase new appliances, uh, a big screen TV, new automobiles, whatever it may be, you got to maybe think about that purchase maybe twice. And not if the you time. don't yeah. need it, now is not necessarily the time. Cause on top of the prices being inflated, potentially your income might be taking a hit in the near future. Uh, and everything else that you actually need, your essentials for living are about to take more price hikes potentially. So, just be smart about it. And I, w- I was going to double down before we go a little further into that, but I'm going to double down on that and be like, Christmas is coming. I feel like there's so much pressure on everybody to spend so much, to show up with the biggest gifts, to get everyone a ton of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think people need to change that mindset. Like everything around you is going to be like consumer, consumer, consume, consume, consume. But think a little bit more frugal. Maybe even like chat with your friends and be like, maybe we drop the gift budget a little bit or we don't go so crazy this year. Um, shop sales. Like right now I'm doing for the first time ever, I'm shopping early purely because I know that availability is going to be very difficult. Usually oh, I'll go to my gifts me on the twenty third. I have a feeling Chandler might be going out on the twenty third. Yep. Um and I think the prices, like they've been gouging, they're going to be even worse. Um so I'm like Black Fridays right now, if you can get out there like right now, I'll get off this podcast and go shop or while you're listening to this podcast, get online and, and do some shopping and get it done while the sales are on. Um and again, I don't think I think underdoing it being a bit more frugal this year will be smart and maybe think about things you can make up with uh maybe putting a little bit more effort into what you do as a gift to save you some money i know it sounds pretty basic and obvious and and but i i think honestly people feel a ton of pressure at this time of year to spend so much money to get everybody a gift but i don't think it has to be expensive and i think for the last couple years people have been doing expensive gifts big gifts i got a ton of gifts last year from a bunch of people like suppliers and i was like holy crap who who does like this expensive gifts and i'm like this is amazing, but it's also a bit much for to have this expectation now that all these people are going to spend this much money.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think one of the things, though, having said that, and I think you're right. Chandler wants um, expensive gifts. Yeah, please cake <laughs> me up, baby. Um, no, I, I think, but, you know, people are still going to try to be opportunistic. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Within these situations, whether it's incentive to talk about or not, there are these opportunities to make a lot of money. Right, like a yep. lot of people make money in these times. What what should you be looking for? Uh, we're going to dive into that because uh, Jeff Bezos didn't necessarily give any advice as to what to do, other than just maybe not spend your money. So we're going to throw it just some ideas.
0: Like I've got some down. You you may have some I- as well, and we can go into those. But um, honestly, I know Jeff said don't buy things like TVs, appliances, automobiles. Wait a second, nothing Amazon sells. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they probably sell TVs. But he's like, what you guys TVs, need
1: but... is a nice end table set and. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say books, but do they even sell books anymore? Just
0: small. They probably, they definitely do still sell books, but small items. They're they're very much a small item seller. He's like buy a lot of small items for people.
1: My first real experience with Amazon is when I went away to England to do my masters. Like I was constantly reading. I was doing a masters in literature, if you can believe that. Um, And I can like I, (laughs) I would read like you know two books, two novels a week, uh, but also was doing heavy heavy research and. Um, You know, you'd find these obscure references. Anyone who was in the arts, like you'd read this essay, this paper, and it would reference this obscure uh, book, right? Mm -hmm. And then you'd wander, get that whole book. And so I was constantly ordering these used books, um, like all academic books, off of Amazon. And just spending a fortune getting those shipped from all over the world to the United Kingdom where I was. And then when I flew back from the UK, my luggage was so far overweight from about... 70 to 80 textbooks. I had to pay something crazy like (laughs) 278 pounds for for weight overages when I had to fly home for a bunch of books that are now sitting on the shelf at my parents' house that I don't use. But anyway, that was was Amazon back then. Uh, I'm dating myself a little bit here. But, okay, let's dive into a couple things, though, Um, just off the hop. Uh, before we get into maybe that that topic and then of course yeah. before we get we're gonna into we're going to revisit that later. and we're going to
0: talk about not just how to save money by cutting out the tv purchases uh, we'll talk about how to save money on your home Um, and then also how to potentially make some money if you can, if you have excessive capital uh, or excess capital sitting around. So, But again, before we get into that, Chandler has some stuff he wants to hit. Yeah,
1: I'm going to hit some just high-level news stuff, uh, and some of it's going to be follow-ups on stories that we already did before. So um, you guys may follow us online and seen the post that I uh, put up about changes to the Airbnb thing here in Nova Scotia. Um, We've said for the longest time we need to be mindful of where Airbnb goes or where provinces and states go. Um, with uh, the regulation of the Airbnb industry and how at some point they're going to start cracking down, specifically uh, with the registration and with legal use. Like, are you allowed to have what's effectively a small business running in that location? Me personally, I believe in private property. I think you should be able to do whatever the heck you want to do with your property within reason. Having said that... Having said that... <laughs> yeah, I was going to throw something out there, but it would not be appropriate. Um, so here in Nova Scotia, um, the province has kind of given everyone the heads up that things are going to change. They are cracking down on the Airbnb or the short-term rental industry, saying things like uh, anything under 30 days is going to be considered a short-term rental. That That's fine, but you're going to have to register with their database. And the way they're going to enforce that, because Neil included, when I told you that, what did you say?
0: I said I wasn't going to register. Why you? Not only did you you say I wasn't going to register, you you also went like this. People who are on the pod like can't
1: see what I'm doing. Like, how do I describe this move? Uh, this you were sort of like kind of like a weird Egyptian dance. It's
0: my Egyptian avoid the regulation <laughs> Airbnb <laughs> dance. He's
1: like, I'm just not going to register. I'm like, well, the problem is then they're going to uh, make all of
0: these sites like
1: Vrbo, Airbnb, um, only list properties that are registered. <laughs> Anyone then- from
0: HRM or the province, I was just joking.
1: Yeah, I didn't hear what you said. But- <laughs> oh, said yeah, yeah, just-
0: yeah. You're going to register everything,
1: of yeah. course. Um, but they're going to make the databases only list properties that register. But then the question is, well, you know, can the province actually make Airbnb do anything Airbnb doesn't want to do not necessarily but it'll be really easy to for someone who works for the government to go on Airbnb have the list of registered properties compare A to B and if they don't line up they can crack down on you and what does that cracking down mean well in some cases, it allows the municipality, because these things are enforced at the municipal level, to go there and say, listen, you're running a commercial endeavor in a residential neighborhood. We're shutting you down. If you don't close, we're going to fine you X amount of dollars per day. Additionally, um, maybe you are in the correct area, but you're still paying property taxes as a residential use. It's commercial use. Your property tax is going through the roof. And then is there a far stretch to go from there to the CRA being like, oh, I noticed that you're on this list, or you were fined for this. How come you weren't paying income tax on this? Like, they are coming for this industry, and one, it's because of the influence of like major players in traditional um, tourism, i.e., the hotel chains and stuff like that. But it's also because of the housing crunch. They don't want these units being, they feel taken away from potential normal longer-term rentals uh, and being hoarded up for this more commercial profiteering endeavor. Uh, and with the crunch right now. They want those units to be returned to the market. Yes, you in the
0: back. Put me in, coach. Okay, so you said what you've said, and I want to highlight a few things on exactly why I think they're doing this, because everyone's like, oh, it's for the housing crunch. I honestly (laughs) don't think it's the housing crunch. I think, like you just said, the hotels, the big hoteliers are really pushing against this, even though they've all said that they're carving out their own niche. and We've talked about it on here before. Why a hotel might be better regarding like room cleanings, room service, the perks that a hotel have like pools, restaurants, all that kind of stuff, but it definitely impacted their their booking stays and even I think their nightly rates. Um, so I genuinely believe it's it's a mixture of hoteliers going after uh, government and policymakers, and then this is an ideal time to be like we're having a housing crunch, so we can label it under this, right? Like we can't say they're encroaching on the multi-billionaire hoteliers. Um, But any of you that think that Airbnb is is so bad and it is causing this issue, just keep in mind that there is a small demographic that owns all of the short-term rental hotels, and those families make a fortune, or those companies or those uh, investment funds make an absolute fortune, and this is an opportunity for the rest of the public to maybe squeak in on a very small scale without having to be super expensive, because the barrier to entry for buying or building a hotel or a motel is insanely high. Yeah, yeah. Insanely yeah. high. And so, if you want an opportunity to try and get somewhere in the world, we've talked about it before about getting together your down payment or how to start with little to no money. Airbnb is an amazing way to do that. And I think that needs to stay for that reason. I do agree that there should be some regulation. One other thing I want to mention on this concept that you said about the CRA, it's funny. Like, yeah, so they'll have you register, then eventually they'll slap a bunch of rules on you, and eventually it'll probably make its way back to CRA, which will come after you for taxes, which you should have been paying anyway. I'm just going to say, which you should have been paying anyways. But here's the part that I know that they'll do. They'll come after you for the HST, plus they'll add the income to your personal income and expect you to pay your taxes as if it's a personal Mm -hmm. income. Why does the CRA not come to you and be like, look, we can retroactively look at this as a a business and we say your personal income is 50K a year, your Airbnb made $50,000, go to your lawyer, register yourself as a business, that business is only going to pay 17% active business tax or less depending on what province you're in and you'll pay a way smaller tax bill. But they would never do that. Like They don't try and help you get ahead, they're gonna absolutely slap you on the on the face, oh, yeah. on the head with the yep. biggest possible bill based on what you did. And for a lot of people, it's the way that they're just getting started. The rules are constantly changing. It was a gray area. Um that's like my again, that's just like another beef on like why doesn't why well, doesn't the government or why doesn't C work with you to be like this is amazing. We have all these new business owners and this is what grows the country. This is what grows industry. Right. This yep. is what actually inspires people to do something. When we go to them with this tax bill and be like, "Here's a, the only thing they come to you is like, oh yeah, we'll give you a payment plan at 36% interest. And I'm like, people take private financing, private loans at 10%, 12%, 13% to pay a CRA loan because CRA is so aggressive and right. it's cheaper than paying yeah. CRA interest. Like, So anyways, yeah. back to my thing. Why don't they come to you and be like, okay, you did it Airbnb, you do owe taxes, but what we're going to do is we're going to backdate you on an incorporation and you're going to be charged active business tax. And now your, your tax bill goes from $25,000 down to maybe seven grand. And now you're in active <laughs> business. And you can continue to do this in the right legal places based on the zoning in your so, areas.
1: So already everything you're saying makes me sick to my stomach, which is also part of um, when they pass these regulations, they want to say, listen, you can still do it. And this is what they did. like, oh, yeah, you just need to register. And they know they're going to make it year. so, so difficult that some people are going to throw up their hands and then just not bother to do it. But to your point, and and I felt the same way about this, it is very hard as a young person to invest in real estate these days. It is price prohibitive. The rates are high. Debt is, you know, the the, the debt that people come have coming out of university or whatever it is, um, is, is really challenging. Wages have not kept up with... Uh, the cost of housing, all of these reasons. And Airbnbs provided a little opportunity to maybe get a bit ahead.
0: So many people got started off Airbnbs. So
1: many people got started off it. And now to just pull the rug out of that, and I understand that there is this balance between um, you know, zoning and bylaws and what makes a neighborhood a neighborhood. Um, but to be so heavy-handed with this and clearly with the clear intent to just take this industry and wipe it off the face of the earth, just make it gone in, in our little pocket of the world. Um, it's, it's really frustrating because at the core, those are small little businesses. You know, maybe, there's, maybe you want to call them a side hustle, whatever. But that is, I think, the core of our, of our economy uh, as a country is, is small, industrious people. And to just target them at every chance you can, is really frustrating. But I also want to say one last thing. Those of you who flip houses and do the BRRRR model, be ready. Because this is coming your way as well, right? Like, there's yeah, already all these talks federally that, you know, you're going to be hammered on taxes if, if you flip within you know the first two years. Um, and this is a slippery slope towards capital gains tax just on selling your primary residence. And people are going to think that I'm, I'm making a huge leap here. But all of this is, man, and we're getting a little, this is heavy-handed uh, government. And it's in line with, you know, we talked a lot about the tax component of it as well. But we are not that far removed from a a capital gains tax on selling your primary residence, which was like the last vestige of tax-free, long-term wealth planning that a person could have, even when they're well into their old age. So many people were banking on that to be able to, like, one day sell their home at 75 to be able to live out their days in some sort of assisted living and... I'm it's telling willing to
0: higher home prices too I'm
1: telling of course it is because you're going to build all of these tax implications into the pricing but we have this idea that maybe all of a sudden we've been convinced that if we just give the government more tax money they will make all our problems go away and I don't understand it and it is literally counterintuitive to a time where we can't afford anything anyway but I digress. I yeah, guess. let's digress because
0: I have so many things in my head I want to say and maybe you guys do want to hear it. If you guys want to hear more about this kind of thing and want us to go on rants, uh, let us know. But yeah, we can keep going for a while and why these policies don't make any sense and why you're really crushing a lot of little guys. Same with the house flipper tax. Like how many actual people are flipping just so many houses and they're taking so much advantage of the system? Like it's there's lots of people who flip homes, but no one's flipping like 30 houses a year just making $100 million. Like It's like people who are basically making a living plus maybe a little bit of sauce on top flipping homes. Like You're not getting it, these insane old corporations just making a fortune off of it. And a lot of houses are actually started.
1: living in the property as well. But, and yeah. the idea that this is somehow inflating the real estate market is not true. Like, one, they need the host to live in for themselves anyway the host like houses have economic life at a certain point of time they need significant capital investment into them do we think the houses here in, in downtown halifax that are 140 years old like i've just survived in their own merit no <laughs> they've had to be renovated so someone's doing this and in reinvesting into housing stock albeit on a very micro level in a short period of time so that home can now last for the next century or half century whatever it may be and then they sell the property so it's actually returning it's actually turnover housing stock which is great Right, so it's it's so frustrating that we're doing these things and it's really hurting young industrious people which I don't know is probably our target audience is probably the people listening to this so it's super frustrating um, I want to just rip through a couple other things so we can yeah, get to our main topic me. um recapping another event we we're talking about um, premier Ebby in BC um, he taught he had a lot of housing initiatives uh, similar to uh, Doug Ford Uh, although they're opposite, very opposite from a political standpoint, um, partisan standpoint, I should say. Um, He's now um, removing rental restrictions on all strata buildings. So those are condos and co-ops, meaning that you can't unilaterally ban rentals in a a condo corp anymore. Uh, Also, removing any 19 plus age restrictions. Some condos that were open to renting didn't allow children. So he's now abolishing that. And that's so that Units, condo units will not be allowed to just kind of sit empty because in BC they will tax you if they're empty, uh, first of all. And then uh, Condo corps will sometimes prevent you from renting them and he's going to get rid of that to try to add more stock to the inventory. Uh, in the US, uh, host sales are down for the ninth consecutive month. No surprise there. Um, HRM talking about a uh, property tax hike of 8%. Uh, I, I released a little reel about that just today. I'm not in favor of that because the irony of, A, everything's way more expensive. I know you can't afford anything, but here's another new tax. I'm sensitive to the fact that HRM is not immune from the same inflationary pressures that the citizens are, but now is not the time, HRM. And maybe, I don't know, you should cut your spending, like we're going to talk about, and what Neil started off the, the episode about, like maybe HRM should stop buying uh, TVs and cars, uh, like Jeff Bezos suggested. <laughs> um. Anything else exciting? I mean, well, let's let's recap because you talked about two things that, that kind of popped off this last episode, the RV thing and the FTX stuff. Do you want to kind of yeah, touch on those? Because the FTX gonna- situation is... Uh, spiraling, I guess you could say.
0: The FTX situation continues to blow up. If any of you guys are following it, I'm sure you guys know there's just like another piece of information, another piece of information, and so many different avenues that are coming up. So give me another week to dive back into it some more and try and figure out more information that I can provide you guys uh, and give you a better, more con- like concise update of what's taking place because there's so many layers. Um, but anyways, we're, we're going to touch on that again next week. Yeah,
1: FTX being um, like this platform for cryptocurrency exchange. exchange. Um, a couple of things that have come out just since our last one is that Binance is no longer stepping in to kind of bail them out or, or yep. hostile, take them over yep. um, because there's so much irregularity for lack of a better term. But yep. one thing that I thought was kind of, I don't know, cool, maybe it's not the right word, but it has a real estate component. Uh, your boy, the CEO, you love this you guy. slowly
0: associate me with worse and worse people here. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Him and like his parents and his friends, who are also like the top execs at FTX, uh, spent over 121 million dollars on real estate in the Bahamas over the last couple of years. We'll Basically, touch
0: on that because the Bahamas had some stuff for crypto. They brought a bunch of crypto companies down. They're trying to make a bunch of tax incentives for yep, doing so.
1: Exactly. So they were trying to move their money uh, there, for, for, for lack of a better term. So lots of stuff to unpack that we'll do that in a future episode.
0: The next one we want to talk about, we're going to have another quick hit on it because, again, I took a lot of heat. And I think, again, I think it was a great idea. I stand by it. Um, But it was that how to make your first million bucks. I said rent RVs. Yep. Now, when we edited the clip, we may have thrown some more expensive RVs than the ones that I spoke about. To make it a little bit more enticing visually. <laughs> like yeah. supposed to, the words were what need to be listened a to. The luxurious, like $300,000 RV. We put Will Smith's picture. RV up there. Now, <laughs> yeah. um, I went back over it because everyone's like, this guy's insane, blah, blah. Um, and I went back to, to an RV company here, uh, to an RV sales uh, center. A 2023, 25 foot trailer, three beds, six people, 174 bucks biweekly. Zero down at 7.99% so that is current money like there was no special anything I didn't go down there and bribe them it wasn't even on sale there were cheaper options I'm sure I could have knocked the price down I could have even looked at alternative financing options that were even longer but right off the off the hop they quoted me 174 bucks bi-weekly then I went on to the rental sites and I found basically the identical trailer but it was six years older okay I'm looking at 2023 but I'm looking at a six year old trailer and they're renting for 150 bucks a night right now, which in Nova Scotia is a terrible season to be renting these things. It's chilly. I don't know if you guys can see. It's chilly. My Nobody wants a trailer. The YouTube, but it's you cold. Can definitely see mine because I here. can feel them. So like, they're getting 150 bucks a night. I used 50% occupancy. <laughs> don't watch the video on this on this pod. Uh, I use 150 bucks a night because that's what they're getting in the winter time now at 50% occupancy. And that's because realistically in the summertime, you probably get nights on the weekend that are 225, 240, it's things still like, like that. It's like 2,500 bucks a month. Exactly. It worked out still at 50% occupancy to be around $27,000 of gross income, which is around 2,500 bucks a month, like Chandler said. And your payment is $350. Your gross payment for the year was 4,500 bucks plus tax. So even if you said $6,000, cause you, you had a worse credit score and you rated higher, uh, your payment came in higher. That means you brought in $27,500. It cost you six grand for the trailer. People were pissed. I think I said six grand for maintenance. Again, it's a brand new trailer. If someone damages the trailer, there's insurance through the platform that covers that, And or the person who rented it has to pay for it. So, again, I think maintenance on a brand new trailer for the first year, a reasonable estimate is 8,500 bucks. I've diff- now upped it again. That's tires, yeah. potential axles, like
1: all I'll, the things. But I'll, go, I'll go a step further here because. You know, there's there's a couple different models, and one is that you know people come and literally take the RV and, and hitch it and go. Yeah. However, you can also sort of a situation where the unit is already sitting at a at a site,
0: right? Which is even more money. And,
1: and well, it's 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 more money that you can charge and rent, absolutely. Um, but then the maintenance plummets because they're not. Running the RV, it's like it's you're essentially then, you know, a glorified campsite, um, and you bring your maintenance down quite a bit, and, and you, you charge can, even more, like yeah, way yeah.
0: more. You, I see these on Airbnb all the time, and they are equivalent prices to some of the home rentals, um, and people are putting them there. They're putting some wood there, a little fire pit, and some Adirondacks, and off they go. Yeah, um, but I'm still profiting on this, fifteen thousand bucks. Okay. Per, so per you, unit, right? So per you unit, scale up to five units. You have five units. You're yeah. making pure profit of $75,000 a year. Again, I told you, like on a business like this, I think for a small business that scale, you do a 3x multiple this time. That's still worth two hundred and ten dollars to $250,000. So you're up to a quarter million dollar business in the first year, and you're making $75,000 pure profit, which is equivalent, I would say, or higher than the average salary in Canada. And if
1: it doesn't work, you just return them back, give the keys it, back, cancel your lease, and you say, ah, eh, I tried. Exactly. Yeah. And I think so if, you, if you spent your full-time...
0: Investment doing this over your career, potentially, you'd be working a lot less. You can probably handle a lot more than five of these and you'd probably rent these and then you'd probably look at doing Airbnb with actual homes and it would it would scale from there. Uh, anyways, I want to touch on it again because you guys uh, said I was completely off base, and I've never owned TikTok a trailer. TikTok was and hard and on me all this this TikTok week. was hard on, on me, and I honestly didn't no, mind it. No, not entirely hard. Not entirely. There, there was some there weird was a reshares. There was like, I don't there was a call those. There a There was some reactions. I don't know exactly what it was, uh, but I appreciate whoever was doing that because yeah. it got us a lot of views. Um, but I want to touch like on that. Only a lovely person. Before we go, I, I really want to touch on this. Maybe we do it next episode, but China's released how they're going to save the real estate industry there. Ooh. And I think we should touch on it. I know it's going to be a interest. bit longer episode here today, guys, but I, I have to touch on this because, as crazy as things are there and how like they like to use their communist <laughs> abilities to quickly slap things in, yep. in times like this, sometimes it's actually really valuable and can make decisions quick and making decisions quickly totally. that can yeah. save their economy. And so, China outlined a 16 point plan to rescue its real estate sector. And so, I'm just going to read you these points. I got it from Bloomberg.com. Um, they are putting pumping a ton of money into it. So let me let me read them to you. Number one, property development loans for developers. They mm-hmm. are the government is helping with more governance, but also uh, issuance of loans. So they're backing them with like insurance policies similar to CMHC here. So they're incentivizing banks to loan back into the the development sector. Already, three hundred and seventy billion dollars has been pumped back into the development sector. Okay. Home buying requirements for for uh, individuals being reduced. They're reasonably setting down uh, down payment thresholds and mortgage rate floors uh, in each city, depending on the the strength of the city.
1: It's also worth noting that they've been lowering rates while the rest of the world's been increasing rates.
0: They're optimizing purchasing rules on first time homes in new cities. Okay. Number three, aiding construction companies. They're ensuring constant or sorry, continuous and stable fundraising by construction companies. So they're continuing to make sure that the money can get to the construction companies so they can keep doing what they need to be doing. Mm -hmm. Four, extensions on developer borrowing. They are aiding in getting developers' loans re-amortized to give them more time to repay the loans to reduce the foreclosure rate. And so they're saying if something's due in six years, we can add another year onto it. Right. Number five, bonds. They're allowing developers to issue bonds again and they're supporting it and allowing them to do that funding and backing them. Okay. Repayment on those bonds can also be extended. So again, giving them, basically it's allowing developers and builders to get money and reduce the timeline that they need to get it back by helping to provide insurance policies or backing it by them funding it themselves.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Same thing. Number six, trust financing. Trust companies are encouraged to provide developers funding support over mergers and acquisitions, rental properties, and retirement homes. So again, same thing. They're pushing on trust companies to also buy into these development companies again help move the money around, keep things moving.
1: So what's interesting is it looks like they're kind of, okay, you finish your thoughts. Let me finish them.
0: Number seven, special loans for project completion. China Development Bank is stepping in to offer special loans to make sure these projects get delivered because people aren't just not getting homes that they have put deposits on. That same thing, they're saying, number eight, additional support to ensure residential project completion. So they're basically government stepping up to say, if it's a residential project, we're going to make sure this gets across the line. Mm -hmm. Commercial, they're helping. Residential, they are making sure it's finished. Number nine, property project acquisition. They're helping banks and asset managers to acquire projects that are completed and or investment properties, again, to keep the money turning over, keep the movement uh, for developers. Number 10, market-based approaches, including bankruptcy and restructuring. So their asset management companies are working with predominantly residential projects. Everything is a focus on residential projects, but they're working with developers to acquire bankrupt projects, find a new way to reestablish them and get them back underway. Um, Number 11, homebuyers mortgages. They're encouraging banks to renegotiate with homebuyers to extend their mortgage repayments, to potentially give them pauses to avoid them canceling. Also working heavily with people who are COVID uh, unemployed. Twelve mortgage repayment. Oh God, how many of these are there? 16. Jesus. 13 Easing a major restriction on banks for property. Should we lending. take a break here. A <laughs> <take that? laughs> <laughs> restriction on bank lending to developers can be temporarily eased. So they're removing restrictions again for developers. Removing restrictions for homeowners. Fourteen fundraising for acquisitions, financing rules related to property acquisitions, and fundraising for that are being reduced. Fifteen lending on rental properties. They're pushing financial institutions to ramp up support for companies that own rental business and actively accommodate their long-term funding. Number 16, the final one, so you guys can actually listen to our thoughts, diversify fundraising for rental properties. Banks are also now allowed to issue bonds dedicated to rental properties, and they're trying to work on REIT programs to help establish more REITs and work with them. Okay, Okay. so... That's a lot. Um, it's a ton of stuff. But yeah. the main
1: concept—that's Th- an example of like when fiscal and monetary policy and is trying to really aggressively spur growth—and uh, we are literally in the polar opposite position right now, where we're trying to absolutely nuke, contract shit out of our economy, uh, and doing it kind of through well, the housing market directly and indirectly uh, and generally consumer confidence because a lot of those things are also meant like you say those things in part for the actual practical application of them but also for just the um, increased consumer confidence um, in the market and that's something that's at an all-time low here right now. Um, It's funny because I feel like in a lot of ways um, China has been going through this process more quickly and... At about a six to twelve months ahead of the rest of the world, yeah, uh, and they do have the advantage of kind of not caring about their people, <laughs> like, or just like having you know a communist dictatorship, whatever you want to call it, where they can make these pivots unilaterally, like very, very, very quickly. Um, and I mean both from like the outbreak standpoint, like they were six months ahead of the world. Their clamp down reaction was quicker. Their the extreme with which they did it. And then their collapse was very, very fast. And now they're trying to ramp up just as fast. So in a weird way, it's curious to look at them and say, well, are they just where we're going to be one year from now? Because we are entering the, the worst of it. And they've been through the worst of it. If you watch this episode for, uh, even the last few months, we've been talking about the collapse in China and blah, blah. And now what happens is once you hit rock bottom, then you get all of this easing and then all of this um, these catalysts that they try to put back into the marketplace to ramp this growth back up. And we've been talking about how that's often a redistribution and how like some of those things are not going to be able to be taken advantage of as easily by certain people as by others, right? So you get do get these redistributions of wealth. But I look at that as, and that looks like a foreshadowing to maybe... 12 months from now here in North America when they start doing things like, gosh, you know, we really need to help these developers build more buildings. We really need to make it more reasonable for people to afford to buy homes again um, once we kind of bottom out here. And then we it takes a lot to get it chugging back up.
0: Two things I want to say right off the hop. I know you said that it feels like they're trying to put a beat down on the development side of things in Canada or North America with the interest rate hikes. I don't know that that the, was the, the their objective with no, what they no. did. It, but that's the yeah. repercussions of yeah, what, yeah, so what yeah, they're yeah. doing. Um, the bigger thing that I think is interesting to consider is that China actually has an oversupply and had an oversupply of homes versus we have an undersupply. So like these things would be even more advantageous to us. But Yeah, thank you. But they have an oversupply. We have an undersupply. We need what they've done here so aggressively. And that's the part that blows my mind is that we're still not getting there. But we've talked about it before. I think and we think that they're going to bring some programs together that are going to help development take place because we absolutely need it. Um, not only just development anyways. take place
1: but debt servicing protections here because yeah like it's it 's hard to have this double edged sword of we need to uh, curb spending while also making it way more expensive for like we need certain things to come down in price while at the same time raising the price of other things um, to make people poor like it 's a tricky balance i 'm not saying it's it 's not but uh, I personally think we 're overturning the screws and that um you know, we've done enough interest rate hikes. They do need
0: development-specific money. They just need development-specific money. That, yeah. That's the only way it's, it's genuinely uh, going to work because they, they can't have rates super low because then homes become unbearably expensive.
1: Yeah. Um, but I'm going to end on a cheery note before we turn into what uh, what Bezos said. But uh, DJ Khaled put up, uh, up... Another one. Another one. we the best music! Oh, no. Um, he didn't just... You, you knew you wanted it. You were I, saying it in your head. So I was. There. Okay. Um, he put this experience on Airbnb, and we talked a little bit about Airbnb today. And it's interesting how corporatized they are and how they're going to come up with these new interesting experiences, uh, I think, to to stay relevant if things get cracked down on the old like mom-and-pop operation. Um, there'll be unique things like this. Um, you could book a stay in his sneaker closet. So DJ Khaled has a long reputation for being a big sneaker head. And you could stay in what he calls a sneaker closet, which is effectively a guest house uh, with, I don't know, thousands of sneakers, I would say. But it also has a bed. It has its own lounge area, I think, with a pool. You also get a pair of Jordan 5s and a handwritten note from him. And you get your meal catered by one of his restaurants in Miami. And um getting dry dry mouth here. Um you could book that experience through Airbnb, It was something like eleven dollars a night. And I don't know if you had registered? to like enter a raffle. Yeah, he's not registered with the province of Nova Scotia though. So, um, but yeah, I thought that's a pretty cool Airbnb experience that you can do if you're a sneakerhead fan. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's just. Do you want to know why I'm doing that?
0: This is my guess. Oh, Neil's got a conspiracy theory. He's writing off a sneaker collection. Ooh, one million percent writing off a sneaker collection. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. There's no... Interesting.
1: That's, uh, you could write that off retroactively. He's bought those over, like, a period of a decade. And now I mean, they're and there's,
0: there's creative accounting. He can probably now create the sneaker collection, has some sort of equity value in it. Anything he wants to buy moving forward, he can he can write off. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sales that come in, he's well, only, only going to pay a certain amount of tax on it. Now even the whole outbuilding could be, like, a marketing the expense. The whole outbuilding's going to be another marketing expense. Yeah. Like, there's so many things. I don't... As much as I'm like, he wants to share his sneaker collection with the world, I bet you it's it's a tax-based incentive. Well, he's You're also probably, probably his mom in the backyard too, and then right off his
1: home. Right. Well, Airbnb would be paying for him for this promotion. He's not doing it to make the money. So now he's, like, yeah. broken even on this sneaker collection that he has. But anyway, uh, there's a cool little side hustle from your boy,
2: DJ Khaled. <laughs>
1: um, so uh, Jeff Bezos is saying don't spend your hard-earned money right now on... Um, things like TVs and automobiles. I think there's twofold to that. One, you shouldn't be doing it. And two, I also think that there's going to be some price calming and some deals to be had out there. So he's probably getting at that point in in two different ways, but the first being just kind of keep your cash
0: close to you because hard times are ahead. Yeah, 100%. Do you have some ideas for saving money before we get into how to make some money? Uh,
1: Well, my whole big thing with saving money is always that you have to pay yourself first and you have to put money aside in a place that you cannot easily access it. So... The 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 beauty, well, the gift and the curse of a mortgage payment is it just comes out of your bank and that's it. And you budget the rest of your life with the balance. And that's getting a little harder right now as rates have gone up. But effectively, it's something you have very little control of. It's just gone, and then you budget off of the rest. What people really need to do, what most people do, I should say, is that they pay their mortgages, they pay their automatic expenses, then they live. And then they, you know, have their quality of life. And what they do is they save a bit from whatever is left. And that's the wrong way to do it. Because ultimately, marginal propensity to consume, the reality of living within a budget, you're going to spend whatever you have. And if, selling is li- or if saving is literally your last priority, then you're just not going to do it. So my advice always when it comes to saving is have it be the first payment. You know, the old cliche, pay yourself first. The first thing that should come out of your account every pay is an amount set aside for saving or investing. But that needs to go to an account that you cannot easily get access to. If this is an account that's attached to your card or that you can even just go into a teller and get access to those funds or move it around in your online banking, it's not going to accumulate. This has to be something that goes to a very difficult account that's not linked to any cards and is really hard for you to get at, and that has to be your first payment. That so goes out the door. wallet. You know, a crypto wallet <laughs> Maybe it's like 150 bucks a paycheck, right? Which is, is a lot of money right now. But it is 150 bucks a paycheck, then your mortgage or your rent comes out, then you live off the balance, but pay yourself first. That's kind of the way you need to think about savings.
0: So Chandler can open accounts for you guys and he'll hold all your money. Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> wire it to me. I'll take real good care of it.
0: Um, okay, no, I like that. that. That's a smart way of being. That's exactly. the way I because treat my if kids you put it aside away at the start. <laughs> <So> the birthday <laughs> money, I'm
1: like, yeah, yeah, I got it for you, buddy. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, if you put it away at the start, like you said, it's not there to spend, and then you don't think about it. Um, that's kind of what real estate does because you pay the mortgage. 100%, four savings. The equity is the four savings uh, or the principal payment, sorry. My my one thing I would suggest to do um, that I think will make you really think about it, because I can tell you, yeah, cut your Netflix, cut your this, cut your that. But everyone's got their own specific set of expenses and they have their own reasons that they need to have those expenses. But I think the number one thing that I used to do and I need to start doing again is breaking down your actual expenses. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You don't need a color coded spreadsheet, but take a piece of paper write out what your actual income is after tax, what actually hits your bank account, and then write out all the things that actually leave your bank account Yeah, that's great and, or get charged on your yeah. on your credit card. And I think that's a great way to actually see what you're spending your money on. And you can be like, whoa, I'm spending $300 a month going out. Then you're like, maybe I'll dial back. I'll still go out, but maybe I'll dial back when I'm out there. Instead of having four beers, I'll have two before I leave the house, take a cab and go to the bar or whatever, Maybe or get a friend to pick me up. Uh, and that might work out to save me some money.
1: There's some really phenomenal apps that do that as well. And you can actually set your budgets. And when you're over the budget, it will send you an alert. Like, hey, you're over your budget for food and drink yep. uh, for this period.
0: Exactly. So use use one of those apps uh, to do it. But again, I think just writing it all out and understanding where your money is going allows you to be conscientious when you're out there and really consider what you're spending. As well as you're going to see things that are like, maybe I don't really need this. Like, it's it's not worth what I was, I was spending, whether it be getting coffees again it seems like it doesn't really add up but then you're like, Oh, maybe I do it three times a week and I get a muffin at the same time and it's six bucks each time, now it's twenty dollars a week. Holy shit, I'm spending a hundred bucks a month on Tim's and I don't really get that much out of it and my office has a cure egg. So you know what? I'll just start using a cure egg for the rest of the time.
1: Yeah, or like I just bought a second Amazon Prime account because I logged in with my Amazon, even though my wife already has an Amazon Prime account. Oh so there, there's that. And then I wanted to watch yeah, Yellowstone, so I had to buy Paramount Plus. And all it's these reckless. little things, I know that, but all these subscription services, they do add up. And I know Christian Freeland got ripped. I think it was her that got ripped because she's like, e- my family's having to cut back. We even dropped Amazon, or Disney Plus. And people were like, that's not relatable. People are literally struggling to pay their most basic bills. And you think that canceling your disney plus subscription well,
0: well, like that's out of touch but one thing i'm gonna say about streaming services is i'm like i don't know if i can even say this i should incentivize this but try googling the name of the show and the episode number you want oh yeah you can find a way to get it for free get one of these sticks or whatever but Chandler said it i didn't say it oh huh. for all of you that it exist
1: are in the world ai was, is listening sorry, to the pod, pod and like,
0: siphon through the words yeah you, stop paying for you're porn. gonna walk outside no, and get like <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chandler also (laughs) said that. That wasn't me. Um, Anyways, those I think are two high-level things that anybody can do. And if you haven't already done it, um, either start (coughs) lobbying the money in there right away. And break down your numbers. I'm going to break down my numbers. Maybe we should both break down our numbers and bring them in. Ooh,
1: no, thank you. No, thank you. See, look, he's no, afraid to do it. No, thank you. He's
0: afraid to nope. do it because he, he knows, knows once he sees that sheet, he's no, going to. I don't like, want to know. Hell I... no, I ain't ordering no skip the dishes tonight. Oh my God, the skifted v- dishes are <laughs> like, another level. Dad, I'm so hungry. you like, I don't care. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> we're drinking water with ice cubes tonight. No,
1: Chew on the ice cubes. You're going to fill not up. Um, listen, we're not doing that. Um, but the, I will say, to your point, you budget. You cancel those things. I think I have
0: to force him to do this. No, not we- going to happen. <laughs> That's how you're going <sighs> to... We need you to save Chandler. So.
1: um. Oh, my God. When you talk about removing these things from your payments, uh-huh. it is a moot point if you don't redirect that money somewhere. This is the same when people say, hey, I might refinance my property. What do you think of that? I'm like, only if you're going to do something with that money. Don't just have that money, pay off a visa, and then rack that visa back up or, you know... Take that money and spend it frivolously. No, if you're going to then cancel payments on X, Y, Z that save you a hundred bucks a month, make sure you then allot that same hundred dollars towards a forced saving situation that you have to set up. Because otherwise, you're gonna be like, oh great, I saved that money and I just spent it on another dumb crap. So I don't know how we got into that, but that's some good saving tips.
0: I also had some thoughts on like what should people then. Yeah, before we get to that, we need to make a an like do we say 25 comments on the YouTube video mm-hmm. and we have to break down our numbers. I mean, you can we, put as many times as
1: you want. You are not seeing my bank statements.
0: <laughs> we need the people to rally. I mean, if, if someone hacks, to in, this if far, there's any
1: hackers out there and they hack into my skip the dishes, it's gonna, it's gonna be a bad luck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be terrible. Okay, we just need to see your skip the dishes. How's that? You oh need to give us one God. budget item that you can. You can give us one budget <gasps> item that you can reduce. You're gonna bring in one, two, one or two budget items that you say, "Look, I looked at these. I'll I, look at it and then I'll decide." I got sick to my stomach, and now I'm gonna reduce them.
1: Listen. I don't want people to judge me on how much Mary Browns I consume, <laughs> or it's it's down. I will say it's down. I've been I've been a little healthier. Good. I've laid, I've good. Laid. You're looking better. You're looking good. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> um, this is devolved here. But what
0: do you make think, money? <coughs> money. Like, money. Money. Money.
1: If once there, there's there's two components to this, right? He's saying you know hoard your cash, but say you do want to continue to invest. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what should people be putting their money in right now?
0: Yeah. So. I've talked about this before if anything, because I if like anything. Recession Proof. I do think you should be putting your money into stuff. I, I, I Right now, I do think saving for a little bit, like the next six to eight months, is not a bad idea to prepare for some better deals because I think there's more discounts to come on almost everything. And the reason I say that is even though some sectors will do really well... General market sentiment, whether it be the stock market, whether it be an asset-based market, uh, will take a beat down. And it's just because people are losing money in different places, so they need to sell to make up for that. Or because some people will just be like, everything's going to shit and I'm taking my money out. Uh, So that rearrangement of money out in the markets will cause everything to, to contract. And so I think we're going into a continuation of contraction. So I do think stockpiling cash right now is not the worst thing to do with the idea that you're going to invest it in six to eight months. When that time comes, or even if you do it now, though, I still think we've already taken a bit of a hit. And in the long run, it's going to boil out to be a prudent time to buy today now still. Um, I think real estate's a great one. Rates are high, which is good in the sense that if you can make a property work today, you know it's going to work in the future because you're making money off it now. Yes, you're paying a lot of interest, but in a few years, there's a good chance you'll be able to refinance that payment down. Uh, And again, you'll get such a steep discount on the price. We've done multiple episodes about that. So go back and take a look at those if you haven't heard them. And it's on our Patreon, (laughs) okay, check out the Patreon because then we have some good ones there. The other thing, if you don't have enough necessarily to buy another home or to buy your first home, look at investing in real estate uh, ETFs. But again, I would probably wait because they've taken a massive beat down, a lot of them, but I feel like there might be a little more to come. the other thing is, look at industries like healthcare. No matter what takes place, healthcare is going to do really well right now because people always need healthcare. Additionally, during times like this when there's stress, stressful things going, taking place, healthcare even is required yeah. even more so. Yeah. Insurance-based industries are going to take a bit of a beat because there's going to be a lot of payout right now. But if you're... Uh, Receiving a subsidiary of an insurance company where you get paid by the insurance company those industries will do well Because they're going to be receiving funds from from insurance But I don't think the insurance itself will do great because they're gonna be paying out because people don't have cash to pay Like before people like oh, I got the cash instead of making a claim and having my premium go up I'll just I'll just do it myself that's not gonna be around the other two would be or the other one would be like utility based Yeah I expect that this next year is going to be crazy like if you've been following the oil and gas markets even Saudi's saying like we're running out of oil reserves and we can't meet production requirements right now and those things don't turn on overnight they don't just say oh now we're making another hundred thousand barrels of oil we're not making another uh, million BTUs of gas like those things they can't just overnight uh, produce and because of that expect an expensive winter um, unless it gets really warm by some chance it's super warm winter but expect an expensive winter and a following year to come. And electricity consumption continues to rise, continues to rise. And so those bills are also going to go up. And you're seeing, like, in Canada, carbon tax pricing has been slapped down. Big push towards heat pumps
1: and stuff like
0: that, yeah. A (coughs) lot of of provinces have already gotten their carbon tax pricing, and they've had it across the years. But just in general, utilities are going to do well um, they're going to face expenses, and I th- again, we'll you'll see some of them that are debt-heavy. So don't just blindly invest in any of those. We're not investment advisors, but these are some of the things that we're going to be doing to uh, to try and offset some of our yeah, our and, and just kind and of, to try and beat inflation.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, some of the things just when you're thinking about what investments might be recession-proof, uh, or if you're a business owner, either evaluating your current business right now or thinking of getting into business ownership. Realize recession-proof industries are either things that people have to use, whether the market's high or the market's low. Uh, that's why insurance tends to be around there. That's why utilities tend to be around there. Um, but if you're looking at more consumer-based products, think like race to the bottom consumer products in terms of pricing. So that's why like Walmart is pretty resistant during recessions because they've got the ability to you know, beat people to the bottom Smelly from a face. pricing uh, perspective. Pizza, I'm going to use as an example of a You know, cheap food and and restaurant chain sort of model that does really well. I'm a little hungry here. (laughs) Um, But it does really well during recessionary times because it's typically pretty affordable. And if families are still looking to dine out, they will just pivot their dining expenses from more expensive stuff to things like pizza. Um, So that's a really really good example of of recession-proof things and then just
0: cheap entertainment and before you go that one sec. Pizza frozen pizzas, they used to be like two ninety nine, three ninety nine. They're now like seven forty nine. I lived on frozen pizzas. What <laughs> the hell? Anyways, yeah. go yeah. ahead. Entertainment.
1: Well yeah, and, and cheap entertainment's the same way. So this is why sometimes like movie theaters, they're getting more expensive, but they were often um a good cheap form of entertainment that did well in even during uh, recessions and then some of those things have moved online which is why you know we did this video um, where it talked about how despite inflationary pressures people were more likely to cut their costs elsewhere but keep their netflix subscription because cheap entertainment in tough times people still want to be entertained they want to get some enjoyment of life so cheap entertainment cheap foods and race to the bottom consumer pricing uh retail sectors those tend to be a bit more recession-proof. I agree with you on the utilities point. I think you're bang on. The other thing, if people are taking more of a long-term perspective, after these recessions, um, well, one, there tends to be a, a big housing boom. Like, during recessions, I think, in the last 40 years of recessions, uh, or, or, or 40 years of times when interest rates went up significantly, the real estate market perform outperformed the stock and and – Uh, securities, bonds, all those markets. So real estate, if you can still get a good deal, is going to outperform the markets during this period of time. Um, But I will say the other thing is, long-term, coming out of these recessions, big infrastructure spending, right? Look Mm -hmm. for that and the opportunities surrounding that because what happens is federally where, where most infrastructure starts, um, they look at the state of the economy and they start dumping money through government spending and infrastructure bills. We've seen it down the states. Uh, that's been a big hot topic down there, but expect more of that. So if you can be peripheral or involved in that industry or those sectors, I think there's opportunity there. That just might be a little bit longer term.
0: I'm going to add one more. Okay. But I can't actually tell you what it is. But I have an opportunity for the listeners and everybody okay. out there that will be coming, I will say in about four to five months. It'll be a great way to invest your money to make you Ooh, recession-proof and beat inflation. So prepare. I have a very neat business uh, going on Get in the background. Your dollars up. Get your dollars up. It's going to be a sweet way. Chandler's going to have to invest. He has no choice. Um, but I, I think you guys will be excited, and I think a few of you will probably take advantage of it, uh, and I'm hoping that we can make, uh, make the listeners some dough.
1: All right, so we're going to pivot now. We've got these guests. We're going to bring them on. They've got some crazy stories. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to switch to there, but thanks, thanks so
0: much. Keep listening. Yeah, thanks for listening this far.
1: All right, we're uh, we're changing gears here. So we've actually physically switched uh, to this our old studio, studio two. I think this is studio A. Actually, I lied. Studio one. This is studio one. Studio fifty four. Yeah. Um, and it's going to get weird. No, um, we're we're changing <laughs> venues here just because <laughs> we have a guest, Pete's Here, we've been talking about a lot of crazy stories in recent episodes that you and I have have um, gone through, and we've yep. even had some guests and some topics focusing, I guess, more so, admittedly, on the landlord side of things, but. Uh, Pete's here. Pete's a buddy of Mark, who's, who's one of our producers, because uh, you had some crazy, a crazy situation, really, that, that just happened to you. So introduce yourself, if you wouldn't mind, and a little background on on where you're at and what's going Pete's on. Pete's a tenant, by yeah. the way.
3: Yeah, yeah. So Pete's coming from the tenant perspective yeah, here. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so just recently made the move from Dartmouth to Moncton. Uh, had a, a crazy search trying to find a place to live. Um, And what
1: took you there, work or school? I
3: I just finished school, and my partner decided she wanted to return to school. Okay. Uh, So that brought us to Moncton. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, She's originally from New Brunswick. I'm from Amherst originally, so it was an opportunity to live closer to home for a few years while she's studying with with the long-term plan of returning to Halifax. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we we started our search for a spot to live in Moncton. Um, And two weeks before we were... Ready to move? We finally found a spot, and like.
1: So, how were you looking? Were you looking just online, virtual tours, or were you going up in person?
3: Kijiji, Facebook Marketplace.
1: Okay, so you weren't going in person, because I think that's relevant, as we will soon discover.
3: And it was just crazy; like, you couldn't get an apartment, or like, no listings. Hardly any listings, and we do have pets. So Uh, we have a dog and a cat. Gotcha. And our dog isn't like a fifteen-pound dog. Right. He's a seventy-five pound. What type of dog is he? He's a Weimaraner.
1: Okay, cool,
0: yeah. cool.
3: Yeah. Do you allow- Chandler's dog is three and a half pounds.
1: Yeah, she's four pounds. She's four pounds. Maybe a, little, maybe a shade
0: under. Um, do you allow pets in your units? Yeah, we do because I don't have like big formal apartment buildings and my logic always was because I'm class B, I have to accept potentially people with tarnished credit and people with pets. But we try to avoid large, large dogs just because they tend to be hard on the buildings. And some of the house rentals will allow it if we have vinyl floors, um, but that's the biggest one. Is that they I just find that the, the big dogs can really beat up on the floors.
1: Man, I I've always allowed pets
0: like one because I I
1: love pets. I actually like dogs more than cats. Not and Same. generally speaking, but also as a landlord because sometimes
0: the cat like the smell of a cat can be cat piss. Tricky. You cannot get out. You just yeah. have to burn the entire building down to the ground. Yeah, yeah. that's the only this way one's to do over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's got some urine that's in the, be, That's the in permit the you floor. can
0: get now. Cat piss permit. You can kick everybody out because you got to burn the building to the ground. Man.
1: Um, okay, now that, that's interesting. But So you found a real drop-off in the number of units that you can rent because of that? Huge.
3: Yeah. Really? It okay. Went from yeah. Like, and I mean, it, there weren't a ton available anyway, but I would say probably like 5% were allowing pets. And of those 5%, there was a stipulation that it had to be under 15 pounds or something Okay. if, if you had a dog. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: going to mention something just as a side digression. New Brunswick got rid of rent caps. Yep. And also...
0: Lowered commercial property taxes. Yep.
1: Lowering taxes, getting rid of rent cash. They have so, the
0: most psycho taxes in the world, though. I know,
1: but also they lowered their, their property taxes last year, too, because I remember this parallel, yeah. Halifax trying to run theirs up while some municipalities in New Brunswick bringing theirs we down. We increase starts this year. Well, they, they've asked for 8%. Proposed, but Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so New Brunswick is definitely trying to attract some development and some landlord interest, some investment of cash, away from Nova Scotia and power to them, right? Like, as an investor, you hear these things, and you're kind of like, damn, like, it kind of sounds good Makes um but it's interesting to hear that there's the same housing crunch obviously especially with, oh, with and, to pets, So,
3: when we made the move i have never seen homelessness like i have in moncton
1: really like, dude, oh, it? i
3: was shocked and when we started to look for a spot i was like man i'm excited to move to moncton like probably more less. affordable yeah yeah probably yeah. yeah. more affordable easier to find a place not people are gonna
1: re- people are gonna rewind all. this back and be like, excited to move to Moncton. <laughs> 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 just kidding, <laughs> me friends love you guys so around. much. <laughs> love <laughs> you guys so much. Yeah.
3: What were you gonna do if you didn't get an apartment? Well, I was lucky enough that my folks. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so it was a just over an hour commute from her folks, and just under an hour from my folks. Okay, so you kind of yeah. so, had so an we option. had options. But yeah.
1: then last minute, you lucked into a place.
3: We did. So we had a few friends that had lived there in Moncton previously or we're currently living in Moncton. Both sets of friends were actually renting from this property management company that they recommended to us. Okay. No way. Yeah. So you
1: got a, you got a, a lead. Yeah, we, we got, got a, lead. a lead.
3: We reached out to them, uh, and they were like, sweet, no problem. Here's a list of all of the properties that we have available right now that wow. accept pets. Okay. So they all looked really good, too. Yeah, so, yeah. Do we
1: have the pictures of the of the place?
3: The pre pictures or the actual pictures? No, I want
1: to see the picture of the place that you saw online. So you were looking yeah, at we this have, online. I have
0: photos of the listing.
1: Yeah,
3: itself. yeah. Let me see the listing. So, uh, I so it, it, it was super bright, clean. Looks like a new Reno, as you'll see in the photos. Like yeah. there aren't even appliances in the. Okay. In the pictures.
1: One bedroom, two bedroom.
3: It's a three bedroom. Okay, three bedroom plus an additional space like a loft that okay. could. The, is it yeah, a full house bedroom. is it a house or was it a it's a, a duplex
1: okay yeah, um how much story how duplex. much is that running in, in uh, sixteen? Oh, and
3: nothing included six hundred is fresh yeah we'll see
1: if, so this is this is a clearly a renovated place right no appliances in they got the new gray laminate this
3: you know uh is oh, is we're fairly on, we're too far yeah
1: that, that's a that's a newly renovated place yeah. by the looks of it yeah
3: yeah, yeah. so you know it, we were excited the location it's close, close enough to downtown that we could, like, walk if we wanted. Um, in a little bit of a sketchy neighborhood. <laughs> uh, it's actually called Up and Coming. <laughs> <laughs> up and coming. Realtor speak. Up and coming. <laughs> <laughs> Developing. Uh, but, yeah, but the thing is, in the the Mountain, scene. like, there could be a really run-down property next to a beautiful family home. Right, right, yeah. right okay. So, yeah, we were kind of warned about the neighborhood, but we're also told... You it's know what? Coming? It's like, yeah, it's <laughs> up and coming. So, you know, based on those people. photos, we were stoked on it on this place. Like, yeah, really excited. Good. My girlfriend was she she home for her is like really important. She needs yeah, a place course, to go man. relax, especially
1: with you're back to school, right? Like, you exactly. want to just be chill at your. your $600 your,
3: is also a, a, seems like a bomb price. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, but it's not it's, cheap. It's I mean, that's not it's cheap. cheap for sure, but like
3: for at least guys, it's like man, it's it's a good amount of space. And based on those photos, I would like I'm gonna be paying the rent you know sure. she's going to be in school so it's yeah. yeah. all on. and so i was like do you know what we can do it it looks really yeah, yeah. good it looks worth it so gotcha. um this was again 2 weeks before our move in date so we yeah. had to on pull top the of trigger. it looking good, you kind of just have to pull yeah. the trigger because and, it's an and I had gone to Moncton to look at other places. Like, right, right. So you knew but, the area, but yeah. we're two weeks out. Yeah, and, yeah. And so it's crunch time.
1: And then everything went great. So that's the end of our episode. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, signed so we're obviously
1: have you here for a reason. You, you signed a lease. You presumably sent over
3: a security deposit. What do you do for
0: an app or for or on that? Before I go to the credit app, like do they do a full application or do they just send you a lease and you signed it? They.
3: So I don't think they ran – I don't think they did a credit – But they asked my my employer name. Right, so like, just general references. Yeah, yeah. What we're paying for rent currently. Yeah, cetera, yeah. I was wasn't sure if they did any sort of yeah. application or just, like, sign this. Yeah, yeah. So th- there was an application. Okay. I sent it through. I, t- I told her that I'm a metal fabricator, and she's like, oh, my God, you'll have no problem paying rent. I'm like <laughs> – I don't, know, uh-huh. I don't know what that. Means, but uh-huh. Sure. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Fabricating the hell out of these metals. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so it, that went super quick. It was like one day turnaround, and, and she sent Sweet. over the okay. lease to sign. Right. Things uh, looking good. Yeah. So signed the lease. Super excited. Get ready to move. And we asked if we can move in on the 31st because, again, in the photos, obviously no looks one's am- in Looks empty. Anymore. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> so... But was like, yeah. that the
1: case? Was there someone living there before or? or? Oh, yeah. Okay. But you were allowed to move in so, on the 31st
3: yep. in theory. Yep. Not a problem, they said. Um, just let them know when we're like on our way because they knew we were living in Dartmouth. So mm-hmm. that would give the, them yeah. like two and a half hours or so right, to, right. to be prepared and, and meet us there. So we get there on the 31st and the cleaners were there in the unit. Yeah, floors are soaked they're mopping and they're like you know we just got access an hour ago so right. it's going to be a while right and there is a certain smell coming from the unit anyway
1: yeah. this is why these online ads need like a, a, a scratch and sniff scratch. component yeah. and it's like what's this what's this apartment smell, smell like yeah there's a certain smell that halifax apartments have um, like, you know, if 7, you've been in like, downtown. yeah, like the student rental house, I'm like, ah uh,
3: yes, this takes me back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So, so we didn't end up moving in that evening. But thinking that it was just like eh, a little delay, they got to yeah. get it cleaned up, you know. I didn't that evening. It was, it was pouring down rain. I had a U-Haul. We had the dog and the cat in the Ooh. other vehicle. So it was like.
1: So you're there, like you're at the door with all your stuff in this loading thing. And where'd you end up staying? A hotel
3: or? We man, I locked up the U-Haul at the Walmart parking lot. and, oh. and we headed to my folks' place. Oh, I thought you were gonna say oh, you overnighted it. Yeah, you slept home. in the U-Haul. I was like, Hell yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. go. We just laid the mattress yeah. down that we were gonna do. It is good. so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, no, we uh, yeah, so we, we spent the night at my folks' place, um, which luckily, like again, is under an hour away, so it's not a huge deal, you know. And, and our lease doesn't start to the first, yeah, so it's hard, so, Whatever. you know. Every yeah. time.
1: I've promised a tenant early access to a unit. It's always gone poorly. (laughs) And so now, like, I try not to do it because, like, yeah, yeah, I I, I should be able to get you in there early. And it does always backfire, in fairness to these folks. But you went back the next day?
3: Yeah, go back the next day. And that's when it really sunk in what state this unit was in. So
1: the smell was not gone?
3: Smell was not gone it was uh, stronger mostly, yeah oh, it, <laughs> it was, had ripened yeah, over they, the night it had the night to like for the cleaning smell to it. the mix kind of the of cleaning products it. yeah <laughs> yeah and then like e- the the cleaning they did really just like it seemed like it just spread the dirt around and you know they had one day to clean i don't know how yeah, long yeah. they stay there after we were there but there were, we spent after we got in we spent over 40 hours cleaning that year. Okay, so you you got in there and you still thought maybe we can make this work. Yeah. Okay, okay. You know, There's it's, no option. It's a bone. It right. yeah. It's like we signed a lease. We're moving into this place. I wasn't happy about Did it. Did you message yeah. them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I called them. It went straight to voicemail. This Call, is a property
1: management company? Proper
3: management company. Yeah. yeah. Called them, went straight to voicemail, called them again, and got in touch with. They just they, it seems like they have a shared phone number, and they, I don't know if they like yeah, yeah. So I've reached this young lady who I'd never spoken to before, and she's like, Oh, what's your name? Where what you like, you're not familiar with the guy that just moved in? I don't know, yeah, I don't yeah. know yeah. how many properties yeah. they have, but I was like, Yeah, uh, if you could have Ashley call me, that's who I had been dealing with, yeah, um, that'd be great. I just want someone to come here to do a walkthrough with me to go over the damages. I'm starting to get a
1: little worried about my security deposit. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Because, Uh, like, this place is rough. Exactly. So I'm like, I just want, before I send rent, I want someone to come and do a walkthrough with me to go over the damages and, like, check out how dirty this place is. Yeah, yeah, and see if maybe there's some common sense here that this isn't how it should be. Yeah. Never get a call back that day. Had you paid? So you hadn't paid rent, but you paid, paid a deposit. Rent. Had paid a full month's deposit.
1: Ooh, I wonder if you're allowed to do that, in New Brunswick. So here in Nova, well, Nova Scotia, only, it's the
3: law in Nova Scotia. It's only half. Only month. half a month, yeah. rent. Yeah,
1: it's maximum, and uh, no,
3: none can be charged for payment. I a didn't pet or find like any law based on damage deposit. Now, I'm curious. Okay. Well, I think it is a full month. The law is, however, which I come to find out later, they need to register the damage deposit. Yeah. The Rentalman's Board. Okay. Actually, you know. Holds your damage deposit rather than the landlord, okay. That is a trend, yeah. Or the um, property management.
1: So, do so. This property management company obviously wasn't the
3: specific owner of the property. No. Okay. Okay. So you didn't get a call back. So what happened? No call back. I send a lengthy email, strongly worded email, love it. Strongly worded email expressing again that I'm not comfortable paying until someone can come in person to walk through the unit with me. Gotcha. Still don't hear any anything. We're talking Uh, what now? Day three? Are you sleeping there at this point? We slept there one night. Day two, I am at work, and I get a text: "Hey, the cleaners are are at your door, and they're saying no one's letting them in." Like, well, why would they be here? No one told me they're coming. No one's answered or called back. Uh, So, I work in the service industry, so I didn't get off work until late at night. Yeah. Uh, But I again write an email because that's their preferred. Form of communication based on the lease that you, you actually know. have to write down right. your preferred uh, form of uh, of contact. So, email them again. State my confusion of why the cleaners were there, yeah, and that we had already been cleaning for two days, yeah, and uh, again, they don't write me back. The next day, so f- day three, the cleaners call me and they're like, "Hey, we're on our way." We're gonna deal with the fridge, so the. We, I think we, like we got to see some photos. Yeah, 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 I, yeah th- I think we'll, it is let about let the time see the fridge.
0: Soon. Yeah, we want to see the fridge.
1: Show us fridge.
2: <laughs> oh, so
3: yeah. That's how it was when you got in there. Yeah, I'm hoping that's rust. No, that's not rust, man. That's crust. <laughs> that's crust. That ain't that's crust. rust. That's crust. So it makes a green and brown. Uh, the freezer. I don't know if there's a picture Ooh. of the freezer. Okay, portion. are we going through all the pictures here? The, the freezer is full engaged. of oh, maggots. Right, now, what well, what are we this, looking at? Is it uh, the trim? The trim just had a bunch of, like goo all over the yeah, way. Yeah, so whole that's at the base of the shower on the trim. No, the, uh, there's also this is a dowel from like the top of the, sh- the staircase. Yeah. Oh, what is, oh, is that? This is side that, by side. That's a dowel. Here, here, bring these pictures over.
0: We gotta drag these across here. How
3: do I? I don't use the old. So that's the dowel at the top of the staircase. Why? It's like, so I do And so, like, man, I don't know who was living was really in this like, house. How do you get this shit on there? Yeah. Like, it's like, this, did, to Mike, did, did someone kill a squid
1: on I these said- staircases? <laughs> <laughs> someone punctured a squid and just started squirting. Yeah, oh, bottom in yeah. the shower.
3: Oh, that
1: is a deep grind.
3: Yeah. So uh, I was in there, like, with I know a paint this grind. Scrubber. This is, Damn, like, I, I've seen.
1: I've seen properties like this, man. Like, we are in it's a lot we, of properties, this man. Buy. This is what we buy. Like, and it's just in there where you're like, these guys selling? And you could take a toothpick <laughs> and just like pull it out of there. It it's it's grime. Okay, so. Yeah, no, I see. Uh, uh, and and
3: then this is the hole, I think, where the, where the rats. Uh, okay, Jesus, there's rats Okay, so the fridge is so gnarly. Fridge. A lot of grime. So they come to clean the fridge. She's on the phone. She calls me, and she's like, we're on our way to clean the fridge. And I was like, are you serious? Like, it is disgusting. And she's like, I know. I am so sorry. And she goes, just so you know, there are other options, like implying that they should be replacing the they should, be re- Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I fully was expecting that anyhow. And I was like, oh, I know. So, yeah. of course, I contact the property management company once again or attempt to. And say you know just in case you're unaware of exactly how the fridge looks, here are some photos. And I really truly don't believe there's any amount of cleaning that's gonna make this thing safe to use. Like this yeah I mean I that, that was messed.
1: man that, that is that's is nasty. yeah the mold is in the plastic somehow it is in there yeah. deep well, yeah or
3: like in, in behind in into the insulation or something you know yeah like, yeah yeah and so nasty. no one's getting back to it all. Maybe you Still just put one of those
1: back. little Arm & Hammer baking sodas those in there. Those
0: little boxes. That will take all your issues away. both sides, dual action. <laughs>
1: this is where the landlord comes out. Don't worry, buddy. I got you taken care of. Him. You can pay for that. We're going to wipe it down with a little vinegar, maybe a little ginger ale, and then put one of those Arm & Hammers in there.
0: Ginger <laughs> ale. Add, <laughs> add the sticky back in.
3: <laughs> um, okay, okay, so what did they do with the fridge? So I finally get an email back from the property management company, from the owner of the property management company. Okay. Oh, And guns. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that this has happened. I want to make this right. I'm so sorry. We're gonna make this right. I promise. I'm gonna replace the fridge. So this was on um on a Friday. So are you like a weekend at this point? We're a weekend.
1: Okay. Not uh, quite, not quite. Like, other than the fridge. Like, yeah. You've got it cleaned. Are you feeling we're a little working bit on settled?
3: Getting it, we're gonna get it clean. Okay. It's not We're, we're yet. working on getting it cleaned. But you've been working for 40 hours. You said yeah. cleaner. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, it's like, ish.
1: Yeah, They're, your feet still like make that leg like, yeah, when you like uh, when you lift your foot it, up, and it's still like, why is
3: it still is sticky? It, is yeah. that a bad
1: thing? <laughs> that means it's working. I mean,
3: there's a smell. There's a smell coming from the walls. Yeah, you know, like there are definitely oh, dead rodents uh, I know in in the walls. Um, what's the basement like of this place? Just a so curiosity. The basement. It's a concrete basement.
1: Okay, that's surprising.
3: There's one wall of the of the basement that's sandstone, I think. Okay. That a mix of sand sandstone and like uh, what are the big concrete bricks? Like uh, cinder blocks. Cinder blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. However, there is a hole like the size of a softball. Is it a dirt? Straight dirt floor to the outside. Dirt floor, concrete, or concrete floor. Wow. Oh, okay. Okay. Concrete, concrete floor, but the rats have dug up through the concrete, and there's like a mountain of mud. With a hole where you can tell rats. Right, so cats. obviously it was just like mask? it was just a skim. It wasn't
1: actually like a pro- proper concrete concrete no, slab or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. just
3: skim coat. Yeah. Right,
1: yeah, because this is the thing, man. Like people don't realize, rats like crawl up under as much as they will. They will walk through the front door if you leave it open, <laughs> obviously. But if you have any sort of dirt component to the basement, like they will come up through the floor. Yeah. Man,
0: they're they're crazy. They'll chew through anything. Yeah, I think yeah. that's why a lot of people have that skim coat of concrete was in an effort to try and. Yeah, yeah. Slow that down, but then the rats can still get through it if it's not yeah. thick enough. Yeah. Um, so you, okay, so now you've talked to the owner. What, so the owner says, she's but you haven't seen a rat yet. Haven't seen a rat yet, and haven't heard one in the walls. Presumably because they're all dead. I don't and know smelling. if we've
3: heard any at this point. <laughs> yeah, eat yeah, something in yeah. the fridge. And but die. You, if you have a but dog,
1: man, I find a dog will just go like, what? you know, yeah, like a, we, you we they'll, have they'll, a cat.
3: Yeah, so eventually like the cat was like something. standing by the cupboards, like staring. Oh, okay, yeah, there's a in there. Yeah, cats do that, but. Yeah, later on, like later, probably a week and a half in, there were some noises. Like, I think our food being in there kind of brought them back. So, yeah. it wasn't right away that we were starting to see They're this. They're like, but,
0: ooh, yeah. what you got cooking? <laughs> yeah. Mm,
3: smells better than the fridge. So, yeah. well, we actually weren't cooking because no. we didn't have any food because... You didn't want to put it in the fridge. The fridge. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> like, this guy's got to get yeah. the dishes. All right. So So, it's a Friday when she contacts us and apologizes. And she says, you know, I'm really sorry... We're going to get you a fridge, but unfortunately, it's a holiday on Monday, so we're not going to be able to get you a fridge until Tuesday. I'm like, well, the stores are open all weekend. Yeah. You're just not putting in the effort. Yeah. Anyway, I give her the benefit of the of the doubt. I write her an email back. I say, listen, I appreciate your email back. I really hope that this is how we can restart our relationship. Yeah, yeah. We're
1: turning the page here.
3: Yeah. So Tuesday comes. <laughs> She's
1: like, wait till you meet your roommates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Tuesday (laughs) comes (laughs) hear nothing Uh, no fridge delivered again uh, a strongly worded email to her I'm so disappointed I thought that this was a new beginning for us yeah at least communicate with us totally man if 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 there was a reason why you couldn't get us a fridge on Tuesday let us know and we'd probably be cool with it you know it's like sweet at least we know there's one coming the next day yeah but just radio silence yeah yeah Tuesday, finally get a fridge and we're like celebrating. It's like, yeah, it's the little thing. We're living good theater. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I'd love it. was just a new used fridge. <laughs> you open <laughs> it up it's, it's dirty too. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, here's the kicker. She's like, their maintenance team came and picked up the old fridge. And she's like, oh yeah, well, the owner wants us to hang on to it for a spare just in case. Like, oh they need no. That's, yeah. And no one's gonna clean it. You know when they go put that away in yeah. the warehouse, that shit's not getting cleaned. No, it's just
0: no. gonna grow into. That ecosystem. thing's not worth the
1: fifty dollar Freon rebate um, inside. But okay,
0: yeah, the fridge. The rest of the cleaning, what are they saying on that? Are you getting a credit well, or what are they doing? So well, I yeah. again, I mean you've done all of it. They're so not like,
3: contacting us. Uh, you know, they're not returning <laughs> any of my emails except for the, like the really strongly worded ones. The one where I was like, "Listen, we don't have a fridge. Here's yeah, the yeah. photos of of the fridge." She writes back and says sorry. When I. And then when I write her in, I'm like, you mean to tell me we're keeping this fridge? And she said, no, right. the the property owner wants to keep it as a backup for other units. Mm-hmm. So those are the only two correspondents that I had back from them.
1: Okay. But you're in there settled. You've personally cleaned the place pretty extensively. Yeah. You've got a fridge.
3: What's now next? No, you've got roommates. So, Needless
1: to say, the communication hasn't been great, but. Yeah.
3: So know. back on day two, when I'm like not hearing anything, I contact the rentalman's board. To see what my rights are as a tenant, because this is nothing I've had to deal with before. You know, I've been pretty lucky in the places that I've lived. Yeah. And and so I contact them just to find out my rights. And I spewed a a ton of information at this lady who answered the phone. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, we're cleaning. We're buying food because we don't have a fridge. We're driving to my folks and back because we don't want to stay here in the state that it is. I was like, I'm not comfortable paying rent, and I want to invoice them for all of these things that we're having to incur Mm -hmm. because of this situation. And she says, yes, that all sounds like it's well within your rights. Well, day eight, the same day we got our fridge, an eviction notice is posted on our front door. So they're not communicating with me. What I haven't paid rent because they <laughs> imagine wouldn't they put it in like us.
1: in like the cheese and <laughs> cheese stores <laughs> <You>
0: <laughs> the
3: eviction has got dirt on it it's got like fucking nasty no shit. it's just
1: in it's like where the egg drawers or the the salad the the crisper it's in the crisper <laughs> eviction notice um,
3: so, so I went from being annoyed to pissed to like super pissed. Like you, and and I was home on the day the eviction notice was taped on our door, so they didn't even knock on the door. It was they just clicked on left, exactly. And we have a dog that barks if someone's at our door, yes, they got sneaky, sneaky, yeah. sneaky. But also, what was the rush of oh, so for dropping in the fridge? Rent. Oh, so it was
1: unpaid rent, is what they're saying, you know? yep, unpaid rent, huh? Okay. <laughs> I, so that's very interesting. That's different than Nova Scotia because here in Nova Scotia, your rent's not late until it's two weeks late. So, if rents due on the first, your rent's actually not late until the fifteenth. Okay. And even then, um, they can follow sure notice. Be that no, oh, man. I I like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, whatever. No, like no, the, yeah, this, the, these are the facts of the matter. And then you have until the end of the month to, to pay, pay your rent up, and then right.
3: you're back in the stand again. So the notice was: we had seven days to pay our rent in full, or we had to be out by the end of the month.
1: In this particular wow, case, that sounds unfair. However, as a, as a landlord, if you had were a good landlord and had a, you know, degen tenant, good that's system. nice to, to see that. But anyway, yeah. in this particular a D-gen case, D-gen it seems landlord a little and a good tenant. yeah, exactly. This <laughs> is the tables of how the, the turns terms of table. Table. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: So, so I the immediately notice. call the rentalman's board again once I find this notice on the it's door. It's called the like, rentalman's board, eh? Yeah, it's a funky name. I kind of like yeah. it. Yeah. I, I keep calling it the Tenancy Board too. I call like it the
1: funny. Rental Persons Board, but yeah. I'm just oh, <laughs> oh, oh, a little more woke than you guys. That's a separate
3: <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the <that> channel is gone. <laughs> All right.
1: So, uh, okay. So now, yeah, you, you're calling this. So you're, you're back this. for a whole. So I called them. Yeah.
3: And, of course, you're on hold for, like, an hour trying to get in touch with someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I finally get through, and the person I speak to is, like, I explain the full situation, explain that I had called previously, and inform someone that I didn't want to pay rent until, you know, I... This was addressed. I, yeah. I, yeah. sort of and, and And the person I'm speaking with is, like, mm, they shouldn't have told you that. You're in an, a, a legal, yeah. you know, contract with... You put yourself work. in jeopardy, right? Yeah. yeah. And and my response is, well, haven't they broken the contract by not providing the yeah. services? So on the lease, it says that there's a fridge. Well, there's no usable fridge. There's mold in the dishwasher. So there's mm. no usable dishwasher. Like, just turn how this have, have they not self. broken the contract already, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Th- that's that's a good point. However, I have always told people if they have a dispute with their landlord, keep, as, keep, as, paying rent. keep paying rent. And I know it's a lousy thing, but um, because the easiest way to kick someone out is for not paying rent. Mm-hmm. And here in Nova Scotia, you can kind of have that hybrid of paying late
0: and still being fine, like sending a message, but still honoring your contract. Um, but well, it's so bad Nova advice. Scotia, like, you can get away with just not paying for like four months, about the time board sorts it out. True. So you, can, you have enough time to sort out your dispute and collect rent.
1: Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I often see that online. People are like, just don't pay rent. I'm like, actually, that's mm. not really sound advice. Yeah. Um but it's weird, you know. Speaking to their lack of communication, um, did, you, did you reach back out to them and say, "Hey, what's up with this notice on my door? I thought we were no, kind of no." In communication I mean, here.
3: at this point, I just you're probably knew shopping new it. units at this point, aren't you? A little bit, yeah, yeah. If I'm being honest, but I was just like, "Okay, that's fine." Like it wasn't a money issue. Yeah, yeah. I sent the money right away it's after I spoke to issue. the rent yeah, and yeah. board, and they were like, "No, you need to pay your rent." I was like, "Okay, fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm not happy about it, yeah, but I'm gonna do it." So I send the rent, and oh man, trying to think through the timeline, but I go away for a trip that I had planned and leave my partner with the pets Sweet. at the place. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> She's like, cool, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, she was stuck. Have um, So while I'm away,
1: the mice do fly.
3: The, nice the rabbit. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> The rats, she was studying at our kitchen table and sends me a video of two rats coming into the kitchen through the hole under the cupboards. What time of day was this? Was this? It would have been in the like 6 p.m. ish.
1: So those are
0: like, that's oh, not even man, like. That's really Yeah. Let's see that's the video. It's like a, wa- like a Let's wake see up. The video. That's like
3: a wake up. Let's go for the walk around the house. Find some food. Yeah.
0: These rats are getting breakfast.
3: Oh, yeah. Our cat, like I said, our cat would stare at the cupboards. Yeah. And the right before oh. I left on our trip, there was I like there was like, was there was like, like a crack in the wall and and our cat just Ooh. walked away from the cupboards. <laughs> it was like, whatever's in there, I don't want to do that. I, I don't fuck with that. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, this reminds me of, of the house I
0: lived in as a student. We used to like every yeah. morning we'd come out and like all of our shit from the cupboards were like holes in it and stuff was like strewn around. But I can say we didn't really keep the place clean. So on top of it, maybe being landlords didn't make much effort to seal the property up. We All didn't, right, we didn't make let's see the know. video here.
1: This is a nicely renovated kitchen floor here.
0: Is How come a, the cupboards are a different color than the ad? Ooh. Yeah. The, and the, oh. And oh, hello. We got a beaker. <laughs> it's called prairie dogging, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Master splinter. love <laughs> a out here. It's hilarious that it's just like literally, you know, it's kind of cute it, in that it's poking its head out and being like, What's up?
3: And pretty brave Like, she's sitting at the kitchen table. Totally. Right there. And our dog and cat are, are there. Oh!
1: Is that the same, same rat or a different, different rat? There's two
3: two in the video. Well, that's kind
1: of nice that they have each other. Yeah, I replied to her. That one's her. by the dishwasher. That's the grossest, man. And they hang out by the dishwasher because they like the water and obviously like the food bits and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, like, rats need water.
3: You know a lot about rats. Oh, man. I'm well, a, a well-rounded through, man. They chew through, like, the drain pipe on the. Oh, on he's fully
1: food. out! He is a, That is disgusting. I love how she just stopped recording right there. She oh, yeah. like, "Fuck this." Have, oh, oh, just yeah. she, the she bailed. Yeah, I was yeah. Bailed she didn't. didn't
3: she didn't spend another night in the unit after this experience.
1: No, bailed. nor would you, because like, they're in your room. Yeah, if
3: they're at that there, point if in they're time. everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: Oh,
0: and if they're okay. doing that when you're sitting there awake with the pets, imagine like a second you're not around, you're going to sleep. You know, you yeah. should, should take in some, some turtles listen. and
1: flush them down the toilet and just <laughs> see if you get a mutant <laughs> situation <laughs> going on. You got yourself a great story. Um,
3: uh, so you, she goes to a hotel that night, then you, she he, well, she heads to her folks place, folks place yep. yeah, yeah. yeah, um, and uh. Sounds a little high maintenance. So she's no, like... she just, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, just kidding. can't wait for her to listen to this. No, no. no. Edit that out, maybe. <laughs> it, Edit that out as needed. That.
1: Um, no, that's obviously... I would I would not stay there. I've got a decent threshold for stuff, and sometimes the reality is, especially here, like we're in a harbor town here in Halifax. Halifax is a dirty little secret. There are rats, and there are mice around. Like, you you hang out here late at night. You're going to see them. You'll go to some nice Dude, restaurants. You turn your headlights
0: on. You can see them running around. Yeah, so mm-hmm.
1: they happen. However, like... Those two rats were very comfortable in this space. They've clearly spent a lot of time... With
0: the previous owners.
1: Yeah. Like, (laughs) they're... You are the new tenants. They're the originals. They've been there well. They're a little too comfortable. Mice
3: are... That's one thing. But when it's like... Yeah. I don't know what it is about rats versus mice, but for me, like, I'll put some traps out for mice. Rats, I'm like... mm, Yeah. yeah. Um, So... What's next? I mean, you have the video. She she calls the landlord the next day and is like, hey, there's rats in the walls. And they came in the kitchen like we need pest control in here. And they're like, yeah, no problem. Like we'll get we'll get them in right away. So three days later, (sighs) pest control still hasn't come. So she calls them back. She calls the landlord back. And she can overhear someone in the background being like, oh, uh, yeah, let them know, like, they're coming. And she's like, well, can I have the phone number for pest control? And I'll call them myself and, like, check up. Yep. And they're like, well, you can Google it. (laughs) They wouldn't even give her the phone number for the pest control. Yeah. So she's like, all right, well, what's the company name? They tell her. She calls. Nope, nothing on file for your address. She's like, okay, if anything changes will you please call me back? Here's my contact info.
1: So I'm going to just interject with some things here. You would have the same thing, but um, a good landlord, if you have a property that could be subject to this, you have what's called like year round service or all season service oh, with yeah, with like with a rodent a control company. Mm-hmm. That also, you know, if you have the year round service, they come all the time to bait and trap and check things uh, both on the outside, but also on the inside whenever they can. They will also spray for like bugs, wood bugs, silver, fish, whatever the heck. And they do that all year round. But the other benefit of the program is anytime you have an issue in between their normal maintenance cycles, you can just call. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And they come there automatically right away. So it's not so much that they weren't in the system for a particular service call. They obviously didn't have a year-round account. And they are shockingly cheap. Like for that property here locally, that would maybe be... If that, it's like 700 bucks for the year. You probably have ones for apartment buildings. We're talking like a single True, family house, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's probably around mm-hmm. six, 700 bucks for mm-hmm. the year. And uh, in the instances where I've had an issue with this before, because I have, I just gave the tenant the the person's number because it's like, you call them, you see a it. single thing yeah. like at any time,
3: mm-hmm. they will be there right away. Well, and the so interesting like, thing is- They didn't even have an account. They definitely, yeah. well, I think they, they didn't have a current account for that address. For that address, but, yeah. And- They were known to the pest control people. The landlords in general. yeah. Yeah, yeah. When my partner called, they were like, oh, yeah, no, I know them. No, there's nothing on file right now for that. Right. Anyhow. So, again, another strongly worded email. Listen, there's rats in our house. We told you this three days ago. And now we come to find out you didn't even make the call. Yeah. She writes me back and says, well, we're doing everything we can to help you. And for your information, I've been really sick the past few days. Not right. that it's anything. To-. I was like, okay, maybe you have been sick and that's unfortunate. <coughs> but you have a job to do that we're paying you to do. And apparently you have multiple you staff. Have a staff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. someone else could be handling it. And yeah. you just lo- you, like you told us that you handled it and we called them and we proved yeah. that you hadn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pest control shows up and he puts out some live bait traps. And I felt super bad for our neighbor because he came out to the front door when the pest control was there. And he's like, I've been trying to get them to take care of my rats since April. And the pa- pest control came, put traps around our unit and nothing on the other side. So like, oh, how?
1: which also means you're going to have no effect, right? Like, like, well, exactly. Yeah. There's
3: obviously they can access through. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, oh, man. So she claims that I had she didn't she wasn't aware of the issue again i had been keeping track of everything and i wrote them a formal letter of everything that i thought had to be fixed in the unit because this was the process of trying to get out of our lease
1: right as far yeah as so preference. at this point you're like we're out of here
3: right yeah, yeah yeah you know if they if they had to come in and patch the holes done a ton yeah. of work like if they were willing to put the work in we would have stayed yeah but it was apparent that they clearly we weren't going to put any Had effort. you found in. A, a new unit now? No. Uh, in the meantime, we were staying with family. Folks, yeah. And uh, and we kind of decided maybe we're better off investing just our money yeah. elsewhere and just crashing for two years while she's in school. Yeah, with yeah. Family. So. I can understand that because, yeah, you'd feel like, yeah, well, it's just not worth asking. So, right. yeah. so
0: basically, did you take <clears> this evidence and we're like, We're done at the end of this month? And so you cancel it? No, so
3: I I went through the process with the rentalman's board. So the first step is, I sent them a formal letter of everything that I thought should be fixed in the unit, uh, as well as an invoice for our cleaning, the food that we had eaten the first eight days of our lease. did you bill them for cleaning? I think it was when I spoke to the cleaner the morning she called me, I asked her what her hourly rate was, and it was $65 an hour. Oh, hells yeah. twenty six hundred bucks. Let's go. Yeah.
0: Nice.
3: You know? so so, And I calculated our daily rate for rent, and I said, I don't want to pay rent for those eight days that we didn't have a complete unit. Yeah. So that was all in the invoice. I sent that to them on the 7th of September, so our seventh day in the unit. They have seven days to comply or to contact us and work out an agreement. And if they don't contact us, which of course they didn't, yeah, you can terminate her. I yeah. can, well, I then send it to the rentalman's board. Right. The rentalman's board contacted me with, there was a clerk that wanted to get the, the story from both sides. She tried to contact the landlord, couldn't get in touch with them. So it goes to a compliance officer. Did she know that the property manager had a bellyache? So <laughs> she was so sick. Not that available. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, but our
0: Tennessee board here—if you call in, you're like, "I'm sick and I can't make the thing." If you have you're a time, like, right, we'll see can, you in three months. We'll see you in three months. You can yeah. just stay in the unit. You don't, you don't have to pay rent either while you're there. Well, and
3: I thought I thought that this lady, who was trying to contact them that couldn't get in touch with them, was the person that could like terminate the lease. Yeah, but it turns out not she was just trying to get the story from both sides right. before it went to Packaged. a compliance officer. Right. Okay. So it goes to a compliance officer. They tell me it's going to be like three days and they'll be in touch with me. And it was like 10 days. Mm -hmm. I'm calling them. And finally, I'm like, who is the officer and what's their contact information that has our file? Yeah. And I call their office and leave a voicemail and she calls me back.
1: So how, how, what day of the month would we be approximately? Because your first eight days you were in there cleaning. This is
3: like the 20th when I'm starting to deal with the compliance officer. Yeah. And you've already paid your security deposit and one month's rent. Correct. Right. So she's like, oh, I'm in touch with them all the time. I'll reach out. Like, mm, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you have a positive relationship with this yeah, person yeah. or a negative relationship? And how's yeah. this gonna swing yeah. our decision here? Mm-hmm. So she gets back to me and she says, Okay, here's what I've come up with. You have two options. You can continue to pay rent and I can give them a compliance letter and a list of everything they need to do, Yeah, but it's a really long list you gave them. And I'm like, yeah, stuff that should have been taken care of before I moved It's not my fault this place had a long list of things that need to be fixed. Yeah. (laughs) Or they've agreed to terminate the lease at the end of November. So we're into October by the time that she sends me this.
1: So you started there September 1st. Yeah. And now you're into October and they're saying they want another month and a half. Did you pay October's rent? I did. Did you?
3: Yeah, because of, I know because uh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to to do this the, the proper right way. way. Yeah,
0: yeah. And what I just said, like, yeah, they can boot you. Out, so yeah. It's it's you, f- you gotta keep paying that until you get it sorted. And, and I spoke to a family
3: right. friend who is a lawyer, and he's like, "Man, don't give him any more money." Yeah, at that point, if you're not even gonna live there or don't have any yeah. thoughts towards living there past then then yeah. that's the time. Like, and, stop. And it sounds like if they evict you, he's then, he's, then you're like, bring it on. It's easier to to keep money than it is to, to get, get it back. back. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I know that's counter to what we were just talking morally, about. But like, I yeah. want to like follow it through. Yeah. But then now after I get this these two options from the rental men's board, I'm like, okay.
1: Well no. Clearly. Or
3: no. Yeah. It's they're not they're not going to bat for me. Yeah. Like they're making me feel like it's my fault that yeah. I'm giving this list to my landlord yeah. of things that need to be fixed. So I agree to the end of November, but I I didn't pay November rent. Right. So of course it. And then they would keep your security deposit. For some. Well, so I, they never, actually registered our damage deposit with the tenancy board. Of course. So and I'm like, okay, so they haven't registered our. Our damage deposit, which yeah. is the law, and they'd As-
1: they're, they're probably have some pretty significant fines for that if that's the well, law. That's there. It's like, like returning a security deposit. And that's what I'm wondering: deposit.
3: like, were, did they were there repercussions for this? You ever late with the security this? deposit, Neil? What?
1: You ever late with the return security deposit? What do they charge fines on been, those? Uh,
0: I forget. Because like they that stuff. is time I was pretty late with like a thousand dollar security deposit, about like two weeks, and the person sent me a bill for like ten grand. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I
2: was like, that. What? <laughs> I was like, what? Opportunity like, what
3: cost. So that uh, was my. I'm like, well, listen. You already have $1,600 of mine cash sitting in your bank account, as far as I know. Yeah. I'm not going to give you another month's rent when you already have that money of mine. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You, you know, I'm never going to for- see my damage deposit back yeah, again.
1: Yeah. And that's probably what they're budgeting on as well. Right? They're like, okay, yes. we'll say to the end of November, that gives us time to rent it for December 1st. He's not going to pay us the November rent, but we already have his security yeah. deposit, which is a full month's rent.
3: Exactly. So, and, but, gonna- of course, an eviction notice goes on the door for the oh 23rd of November because we didn't pay rent. Hmm. Yeah, but I'm like, like who cares? Th- by yeah. that point, I'm like done with them, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I'll have my stuff out by the I would love to November. talk to the property manager and just be like, is this
1: you or is this the owner? Because at some point, like, it, I mean. The, we have the, to go
0: full-fifth state and call them.
1: From a professional, we've got them here. Uh, no. good, <laughs> good luck getting
3: in touch with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, we, the thing is, the, the whole not answering your phone is like, you know, that, that right there is not professional, and that's a. Combination on, on them but sometimes i wonder like if they've got to run every sort of bill by the landlord the landlord's like just put down some traps it's like eh, i think we're beyond the point of traps i think we might actually need to get a professional out there mm-hmm. um it is we need tricky, to an but, animal
3: handler you know in my <laughs> yeah. experience we got with, some wall gators in my experience with these people though like they didn't even call the yeah yeah the it's pest control for three days so it's a pretty two-bit operation uh, so then in my mind i'm like does the property owner realize now. how it's yeah. being managed. Yeah, that's, that's the other yeah. side of it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I
0: yeah. They, Even if they communicated that to you, instead of being like, we're late because I have a tummy ache, maybe we're late because the property owner is being really difficult with us and we're trying to make the best mm-hmm. of the situation, but we're yeah. also getting squeezed.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, so you
0: end up leaving on the 23rd then?
3: Yeah, so we, we just this week we got all our stuff out and we're completely out. Now, two weeks ago, I got a, a text message from one of the employees of the of the property management company. Hey, we want to show some people the unit. <laughs> and we prefer that you weren't there. Yeah. Well to tell And them I'm what's like, up. yeah, not a problem. Like <clears throat> I'm I'm taking the higher ground. Yeah. And no problem. If you like, thanks for reaching out and let me know. It's a bit That's a first. it's a bit like chaotic in there because we're in the process of moving out. And mm-hmm. she said not a problem. We've explained that to them. No worries. But they again they haven't done anything. Yeah, yeah. Those people are supposed to, wrote to move on December 1st.
1: They've
0: listed.
3: I wonder if the they're li- listeners of the show. <laughs> uh, the new people moving in on December 1st. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be. Or the managers. Yeah. Oh, and so so then a few days later, where they're moving some things out, all, they left all the lights on after they showed the property, which is like whatever. whatever. It's yeah. annoying, but I went around, shut them all off. I moved some things out. And I I was working that evening, and I left some stuff for work in the unit. So I left, came back, the lights are on again, and I go to the back door, and the door is unlocked. And I'm like, what? Like nobody asked us for access to the unit. They left the lights on and the door unlocked, in a super sketchy neighborhood. Yeah.
1: Transitioning,
3: yeah, <laughs> super transitioning neighborhood. That's brutal. Did you message them or anything? Or oh, I called like her right up? away. Yeah. I called right away. I was like, Hey, did someone show the unit this afternoon? Yeah, yeah, so and so was there. I was like, Okay, well, she left all the lights on and uh, and the didn't going to be in the house, yeah. And yeah, and nobody asked. Oh, oh, no, we asked the other party, is what she said. I was like, Oh, funny. I'm with my girlfriend right now. Let me go ask her. Uh. Oh, no, no one, no one contacted. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, uh. That's yeah. insane. It's just sketchy. Can we can we ask what the name of the is that? Armadillos. Oh. Are we going down this oh, path? No. Or do we? Well, I'll tell you. I I will be taking them to court. Ooh, cool. So oh, once there, I listened to your your episode with Patricia. So yep. once it once there's a court file, ah, then, then you can come here. back. In. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. A <laughs> be update.
1: Listen. If there was just we got to wrap up here. If there was a takeaway that you wanted,
3: um, other potential tenants to get from this, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you want to see a place in person if, if you can. Yeah, uh, if that's not an option, I don't know. We vetted, we vetted this company. Like we, had, well, that's, that's a crazy thing. Had a like referral. you got a referral, yeah. Do referrals. Yeah,
1: yeah. The problem is you got a referral to the property management company and not a referral to the owner of that particular property, and it's tricky because property managers take all types of properties, mm-hmm. right? They might manage some really nice places; they're in great shape,
3: like mine and then they also might manage that place. Unfortunately, this is my second negative experience with a property management company. And so I think from now on, I really hope that I can- Owner direct. Yeah.
1: Neil and I you talk about this all the time with the um because right. even we have had negative experiences with property managers. Mm-hmm. So
0: most I feel like most honestly not to yeah. rag on the on the business but if you're a property manager and you're listening to this and you feel very differently about it yeah. we would love to have yeah. you on Come because, tell us why. Yeah, honestly I've had I've had a really poor success as an owner and having them run my properties and then on the flip side of renting and then trying to get stuff done to my properties. Yeah. Um and so yeah, I I, I don't know what I understand it gets busy and it, it can be no fun. And there are people who take advantage. Um, but, like, in a situation like this where it was just so point blank, like, that's nasty. I feel bad for you that you had to deal with that.
3: Um, yeah, yeah, that's wealth. Some, someday it'll be a funny story to look back on. I want to hear 100%. 100%. Yeah. Like, you,
1: at some point, if you have kids one day and, like, they got the first apartment, you're like, man, wait till you hear about my apartment in Moncton <laughs> yeah. or whatever, you know. You're um, a pet rat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Pete, for coming on and telling us your story. Um, we're going to do an update once you get the lawsuit. It was really thanks funny. You, I know it wasn't funny at the time, <laughs> yeah. but it made me giggle, so we're good.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know how everything goes once we get uh, some litigation going. But Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Good yeah. for you, man. Yeah. I, so. Again, I know there's a lot of people that don't have the means or the circumstances that I have yeah. that would be yeah. able to stand up against their landlord. And well, look at so you, look that's your neighbor
1: you, look at your neighbor even next door who had the yeah. same exact same situation but had to put up with it because they probably didn't have... You know, the, the skill set, even like just the personal mm. skill set or the experience to try to do anything about it. Yeah, she was um, like,
0: metal fabricator, you can pay rent. And he's like, Yeah, metal fabricator, I can pay for my lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: That's right. So cool. Thanks again, Pete. Yeah. And no, thanks, thanks, guys, for
0: listening. As always, we hope you
1: got something out of this and, and we appreciate you tuning in. If you got crazy stories too, let us know. Hit us up. Ch-ch-ch-ch. Thanks so much for watching the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, press like. Don't forget to subscribe. But also check us out on Instagram and TikTok. You can find all the links below.
2: Thanks again for checking us out.